Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. Anyway, how many of you are ready for the Word? Ready for the Word this morning? Revival Season 3, and uh, over the next four weeks, including this Sunday, we're going to be looking at the directions of revival. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at the direction, and the title of this message is Inward. Next week, we're going to be looking at Upward. Then the third week, we'll be looking at Outward. And then the fourth and final week of the series, we'll be looking at Forward. So we're looking at these different directions and how it relates to revival. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 85, verse 6. And this is actually our theme verse for this month in this series. But Psalms 85, verse 6. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. And so let's take a look at this passage. Psalms 85, verse 6. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Now, we understand as we read this passage and in the context of this, we're going to see other things. But this is a plea from the psalmist for revival, for a move, for an encounter with the God of creation. Not only in his life, but in the setting, in the day that he was alive and living in the earth. And the people at that time had lost their joy, they had lost their place, and so revival brings an opportunity for us to rejoice and be made alive again in Christ. And so we, we want to look at this today and consider what God wants to do in our life for revival to take place. And I want to ask this question before we pray, and you can think about this. What need are you facing today? What challenge are you encountering today? You need to understand that God is very concerned and interested about what's happening to you. And you need to understand that he's for you. He's not against you. And and the Bible says he's an ever-ready help in time of need. He's always ready to help you. He's always ready to get involved with your situation, with your circumstance, with your life. He does not stand aloof. He's not an outsider unless you resist him and don't let him in. So let's pray this morning as we are about uh, to just receive what God has for us. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time of ministry, the ministry of your word. And we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that can bring life to the scripture that is spoken in this atmosphere today. We ask for revelation, insight, and understanding. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. You know, where there's no heart felt intensive prayer, there will never really be revival. See, revival often rises and falls on sincere, passionate, intentional prayer. 
And so we want to invite you on Tuesday night. We meet, we pray from 6 to 7. And I know that's only one hour, but it's one hour where you can gather with other believers and we can come together and pray. And, and God will meet you in that place of prayer. And there's many times God reveals things in that place of prayer, answering questions, giving you his peace, giving you direction concerning things that you may be facing or dealing with. And at the same time, to corporately join your faith with other believers as we pray for our community, as we pray for the world that we live in, because we're facing a lot of challenges in our world today. And I believe that no matter how bad it gets, we look and we track through history, and we can see that at the darkest times of history is when God brought the greatest revivals. And so I am encouraged in knowing that God wants to visit this nation. He wants to visit this earth with a revival. See, God doesn't send judgment unless he first sends mercy. His mercy, his grace, his love, his redemption always, always, always precedes any judgment that comes. But you see, if we as people continue to reject his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, if we continue to reject his appeal to, to reach our hearts, at some point we will face judgment. Because God is a God of judgment, but he's also a God of love. And his love and mercy always precedes judgment. So, so keep that in mind. Sometimes we're ready to throw stones at people. We're thinking that God should just wipe them off the earth. That's not his heart. God wants to reach them just like he wants to reach you. Or just as he has reached you. So, what is revival? I'm going to quickly define it, and then we're going to look at this thing. Uh, revival, according to Merriam-Webster, is an act or instance of reviving. It's the state of being revived. There's several synonyms that Merriam-Webster gives us as well. Rebirth, regeneration, rejuvenation. It's interesting they all start with the letter R. <laughs> Renewal. Resurgence, resurrection, um, resuscitation, and then revitalization. Okay, so there's, there's a number of these that, that help to describe what revival is. And this actually fits. Now, spiritually, we can define it as well. And, and I have a definition for you. If you're taking notes, you might attempt to write this down. I'll repeat it more than once, okay? Revival is an awakening of our hearts to an increased awareness of the presence of God, a renewed love for Jesus, a hunger for his word, and a hatred for the crippling power of sin. Should I share that again? Okay. Revival is an awakening of our hearts to an increased awareness of the presence of God, a renewed love for Jesus, a hunger for his word, and a hatred for the crippling power of sin. It's simply a God encounter. God wants to encounter you with his love, with his mercy, his forgiveness, 
with his power to transform your life. What does it look like? What does revival look like? Well, it's whenever the Spirit of God encounters the human heart with his presence. He just shows up. I can remember one of the first times I experienced the presence of God. It was at the time my brother, older brother prayed with me to receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. And I was simply praying this prayer to commit my life to Jesus and open my heart to him, inviting him to come into my life and to be my Lord and my Savior. And in that moment, his presence began to flood my heart. It's like something changed, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew something was different because I had just experienced God's presence in a way I had not previously experienced it before. See, God is so real, and it was in that moment that he made himself real to me. And from that day to this, my life has never been the same. I've been on a journey and this journey has had its challenges, but this journey has also been so fulfilling as I continue to grow to know more about who Jesus is, what he's done for me, his plan, his will, his purpose for my life. There's so much more to live for than I could have ever imagined. And to know that it doesn't end with this life, but there's an eternity that's before me that I'll live with Christ, and who knows what we will experience because eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't entered the hearts of men, but yet God can reveal it by his spirit, okay? So revival is to be awakened and restored in right relationship with our creator. It's experiencing his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his transforming power in our lives, that's what it's about. Revival is not just personal. It's also corporate. It's, an incorp it's a corporate encounter with Jesus as he moves upon a congregation, as he moves upon a community, as he moves upon a nation. There's been national revivals in our history, awakenings that has shook the core of men's hearts, affecting all realms of society, government, education, all the spheres of influence. The world has seen many great spiritual awakenings over the centuries that, impact, that has impacted countless lives. But I believe that spiritual hunger is one of the key factors in this. And I saw that hunger when I went to Russia right after the wall had fallen. And there was a great awakening in that country. We were equipped with our team. We had all these gospel tracts in Russian. And we would go out and people would literally run up to us and grab them, wanting to. They were so hungry for, for what God was doing as he was visiting that land. We were in services that were packed out. People crying out to God in repentance. People coming forward in, in, in the invitation when the altar call to receive Christ was offered and, and we were praying with these Russian soldiers, with people of all walks of life, dignitaries and, you know, just regular, you know, you know workers that would work retail, what, all facets of society. We were seeing God encounter their lives in such a radical way. Revival always brings a fresh revelation of the love of God. It really does. 
It brings a fresh revelation of the Word of God and the plan of God. It really kind of resets things. Revival is a reset, God's reset button. Sometimes you have to reboot your computer because it starts really running slow, bogged down with who knows what. The next verse, we read Psalm 85, 6, verse 7, confirms what I just said. It says, show us your steadfast love. This was right after the psalmist had cried out, Lord, revive us so we can begin to rejoice again. Verse 7 says, show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us salvation. It brings a revelation of salvation to the earth that men can be saved because Jesus provides salvation. Now, all of us have some level of dysfunction, some level of dissatisfaction that we're facing in life. I want you to ask, because we're going to be looking inward today, in the time that we have, what are you dealing with right now? What are you bound to that's holding you back from totally engaging in what God has for you? I want to define for you the word inward. Inward is defined as toward the inside, center or interior toward the inner being. And let me clarify something up front here because to be inward focused for the church mission is not okay. Because as a church, we need to be outward focused as we reach out to the community, those outside these four walls, okay? But to be inward focused has to do with your personal encounter with God. And so that focus needs to take place before we can be come outward focus to impact the world around us. And so I want you to consider these three words, pause, look, and listen. There's sometimes we need to just pause and take a look at our life. And in that time where we're pausing and begin to assess and look at our life, where we're at, what we're doing, what we've done, where we're going, then it's important for us to Listen. So it's pause, look, and listen. Listen to what God would say to you through a minister of the gospel, through his word, through his spirit. Listen. Sometimes we have a listening deficit. We can be hearing something, but that doesn't mean we're listening. And Deb and I, we've raised four children and we wanted them to listen. They didn't always listen to us. They still don't always listen to us. I don't know about that. But they would hear us. Yeah, they heard what we said. And maybe they weren't paying attention and they may, may have missed it. But to listen requires a greater effort. It's intentional. I want you to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to the church right now. Because he's speaking. And if we are not listeners, if we don't take time to listen, we're going to miss what he has to say. And you know, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. We just have to take time to listen. So we need to pause, look, and listen. When was the last time you, can, you really assessed the condition of your heart? Uh, you are here today to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to help you to do that. Now, for a reference point, inward refers to the condition of your heart. 
Inward is a direction that is part of a process that takes place in our growth. The process in, involves three things. And my three major points for the day, and the time I have is repentance, number one, Christ in you, number two, and number three, being subject to be searched. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I've been searched a couple times, and um, usually airports, sometimes overseas. But, you know, it's a process they do, not because I've ever been arrested, but, you know, I've been, you know, not close to it. So let me stop there. Anyway, let's, let's talk about repentance first. Every revival, whether it's personal or corporate, begins by responding to the call of repentance. In fact, uh, to repent simply means to change the way you think, to change your perspective, to change your outlook. It, it's really a military term that is an about face, like you're walking one way and it's to turn around. You turn, you change directions. Some of you need to change directions in your life because you're going on the wrong path, you're going in the wrong direction. Acts chapter 3 verses 19 and 20, we see the clear command of the word, and this is repeated. If you do a study on it, you will find time and time and time again where the scripture compels us, instructs us to repent. So, and Jesus told us as well, so it's in, it's in red. But Acts 3, 19 and 20 says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Now, the context of this has a dual meaning because it can mean and refer to his second coming because Jesus is coming back to this earth as he promised. He came the first time as was promised and prophesied in the scripture, so it is certain that he's coming back a second time. But the other meaning of this is when we repent, Jesus will be sent to meet you, to engage you here and now. Because he's here, present now, by his spirit. Jesus may have left physically, but he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell among us, to empower us, to live through us. See, revival is about God's presence and being changed in his presence. It's when God shows up, something happens. And see, that's why we want God to show up in these services. Because when he does, something will happen. And lives will be changed. And I believe part of it is a dissatisfaction with your present condition. See, we refute or refuse change when we're satisfied with where we're at. When I was in junior high, I was bullied. And I don't want you to say, oh, poor Pastor Matt. It was, I was just a skinny, awkward kind of guy, a geek. I, I admit it. You know, you look at some pictures back then. You say, yeah, definitely a geek. My, my kids laugh when they look at all those old pictures of me. Uh, I, I used to... Uh, glasses until I had LASIK surgery, but I can remember one time working on the farm, you break your glasses, so um, we had the white tape we put on there, and that was me, you know, now that's kind of a fat fad going around, I don't know, anyway, so there were these, I, I was, you know, a farm boy, so I hung around with the ag kids, went to agriculture class, all that, and some of those were just kind of rough guys, 
And most of them were pretty nice. Sam was probably a good egg guy. Um, he was raised on a farm, too. I can pick on him. Anyway, so they would corner me by my locker. Three of them would corner me, and they would start just making fun of me. And they'd kick my shins and just shove me around and try to push me in my locker and all that. And, and I would take that, and, and I would dread going to school because, and I would always look around the corner of those guys there, try to make sure I would try to slip into class without meeting up with them first. Well, there was a time I just finally had all I could deal with that. And so one of those guys just happened to be in a signed seat behind me, and I'm thinking, great. So he would do things like sharpen his pencil and just jab it in my back. And he, he said, if you scream, if you make a move, if you complain, I'm, we're going to beat you up later. And so one time he's doing it, I'm thinking, that's it. I raised my hand. I'm going to tell the teacher, don't tell the teacher. And I said, well, then take that pencil off my back. And fortunately, the teacher didn't see my hand, so I put it down when he pulled it back. And then... It was when I stood up to them that they stopped bullying me. I just said, enough is enough. You're not going to treat me this way anymore. And I learned something that day. You just need to stand up to what you're facing that's trying to destroy your life, that's trying to harass your life. And so many times we're tolerating it. We're putting up with it. Well, I say don't. And that's how it is with change. Your condition won't change until you be become dissatisfied with that, with that situation. Things have to change. Things have to get better. Okay? We're not going to put up with this anymore. See, what does God see when he looks at you? First Samuel chapter 6, verse 17, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I've rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is in reference to when Saul, I mean Samuel, was searching for the new king to anoint him as king. And he was looking at the outward appearance of, of David's brothers and, oh, this guy, he looks kingly. But God said, no, don't look on the outward appearance, look on the heart. God looks on the heart. He's looking on your heart right now. And and we need to understand that God's in looking at your heart. He wants to do something for you and in you today. And 2 Corinthians 4.16, we see something here as we look at the inward man versus the outward man. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The English Standard Version, this is the King James Version, but the English Standard Version means inner, says inner self. It talks about inner man. See, we're, we're more than just, you know, our body. We have a body. That's an outward man, but we're spirit. We're, we have an inward man. We're spirit, soul, and body. But we see in this passage, according to the Word of God, personally for the believer, God has made it possible to live in revival mode. Because he can renew us daily. Every day we can have a mini revival to be revived, renewed, built up so that we can face the challenges of the day. And so I put that out there for you to, to really embrace that. 
that we have a promise in the word that even though this outward man is getting older, you know, we're dealing with things, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. We have an inward revival and have the opportunity for it every day because I believe there's too many Christians living on the roller coaster. And you know what that is? Roller coaster, you've gone on that, you go up, and you go, uh, you're anticipating everything, and then all of a sudden you come over the top and you go down. Ah! You get all excited. You know, and so it's up and down. And that's how some people's Christian life is. They're up one day, yeah, I'm on top of the world. And the next day, oh, man, I'm bummed out. Oh, life is rough. Life is tough. And they're living on this roller coaster, and they can't get off. Okay, that's, that's a bummer. Anyway, God doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to continue to be going upward. You know, okay, so that's my little illustration there. We got, we got to move along. Second point is Christ in you. And we can build on this throughout this series. But Colossians 1.27, the Apostle Paul is speaking about the mystery of the gospel. And what is that all about? The gospel is God's good news, what he's going to do on behalf of mankind, what he's done on behalf of mankind. And it says, to them God chose to make known how great among how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ wants to live in you. He wants to be part of your life. He wants his DNA to be part of, of your life, your spiritual walk, your spiritual talk, who you are, how you live, how you conduct yourself. In Romans eight twenty nine, the scripture says that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. It's having his nature. It's having his, his spirit in us, Christ in you. If he's truly living in you, he wants to live through you. Don't keep him all, you know, bound up inside of you. He wants to express himself in your life. He, you see, he'll give you the ability to live the way you need to live. If you try to do it, you're going to fail. But if the Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me, Galatians 2.20, he understood that it's it's not Paul anymore that can do this, that can live right and do everything the way he's supposed to do. He acknowledged that it's Christ in him that's doing the work. It's letting him live big through you, okay? So there's got to be more to this Christianity. God has more for you. It's not just going to church. It's not just being a good person. It's not just doing good things. It's having an encounter with God, a radical encounter that affects your daily life, your walk, your talk. So do you desire to change? That's a question. Do you desire to change? See, once you recognize the need to change, you should desire to change. Judas was a man who, uh, as a disciple of Christ, he followed Jesus but never let his heart be changed. He never let his heart be changed. You can be going to the best church. You can be going to church all the time. But if you go to church and you don't allow your heart to be changed, you can end up being a Judas. So you must decide, do you want to be free from what's holding you back? Do you want to be free? Revival occurs in the hearts of those who recognize the need to change. It really does. And also to respond to God, resulting in a life that's transformed by his hand. 
And I believe God wants to do that. And so finally, and this is where we're going to end this service, is being subject to being searched. Being subject to being church. And I want you to turn with me to Psalms 139. We're going to close with this passage. And the worship team can come up at this time as well. Psalms 139, verse 23. I love the first two words. It says, search me. Search me. We need to be willing to subject ourselves to be searched. Now, it's qualified here because it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. There's so much packed in this verse, and I can't unpack it all today. But I want you to consider several things as we look at this passage. First of all, for you to be willing to adopt a search my heart, oh God, attitude. And for you to give God access to to reveal things, to show you things, things that you may not be aware of yourself, but he knows because he's looking on your heart. And also for you to allow him to show you those things that can be hurtful or harmful or devastating to you if they continue to remain in your life. The Message Bible reads this way. I'm going to read this to you. In the Message Bible, it says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Wow. Now, I know that at times we can focus, we tend to focus on the things that are wrong with us rather than the things that are right with us. And so I want to make a shift here, too, because we can be so bummed out because so much is wrong in our life. But you need to understand that there are some things that are right about your life. And what's right about you is is that you were created by God with a purpose, for a purpose, and with an intent to engage you. What's good about your life is that he loves you. He wants to save you, deliver you, set you free. So as we close the service this morning, we want to extend an invitation. Maybe you're here and you say, some of what you shared today, it doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm not where I should be. But I want to give you an opportunity to open your heart to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, just as I did when I was 17 years old as a young teenager, just trying to figure life out. There's an opportunity for you to come to that place where you put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive his love, his forgiveness, his grace. In Jesus' name. If you would, let's stand together. And I'm going to ask at this time if there's anyone that would say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know where I stand with God. I have questions, I have doubts, I've lived my life, but I've never really connected with you, Jesus. 
If you're here, you say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to make sure my life is right with him. If you raise your hand today, you're indicating to me, I'm, I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. And, and when I ask you this question, think about it. Is there any reason why you would not want to give your heart to Jesus? Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to receive his forgiveness, his love, his mercy, his grace? Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to have an encounter with him and allow him to do something significant in your life? Is there any reason? If not, there's no reason why you shouldn't raise your hand if you have not given your heart to Jesus before this day. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know, Pastor, I've strayed away. I've drifted. I'm not on the right path. I was once. I was close to God. I was tight with him. But I'm not right now. Guess what? There's a ramp for you to come back to him. You can take an exit right now and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to reconnect with Jesus today. And so, if you're here today, and I want you to just lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know my life is not right with God. I need to reconnect with him. I need to make things right with him. I need to make my peace with him. Just hold up your hand. Okay, thank you. Amen, thank you. I see those hands. That's so exciting to see you responding to the creator of the universe and say, I'm opening my heart and my life to you, Lord. Now we're going to bow our heads. And, and what I want you to do is put your hands out before you. And we're going to pray this prayer together for those that raise their hand and for all of us. This will just reinforce our faith in Christ. And pray after me. Repeat these words. Make them your words. Lord Jesus, here I am. I give my life to you. I open my heart and I invite you to come in. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. In a couple moments, we're going to have the prayer team up here. If you raise your hand, we, we want to meet you and pray with you. We have information we can give you to help you in your journey with God if, if you responded for the first time or rededicating your life to Him. And we also want to conclude with a prayer for the rest of us to give God the opportunity to search our heart. And we're going to have a worship song. And as that song is being sung, as we're entering into worship, allow God to search you. Allow him to speak to you. And know that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're wrestling with, he's going to help you get over that. He's going to help you conquer that. He's, going to not, he's not going to leave you in the struggle, the anguish, whether it's depression, whether it's fear, whether it's hatred, whether it's jealousy, whether it's unforgiveness, bitterness, he's not going to leave you in the grip of that thing. He will deliver you from it so you can walk free. See, Jesus came to free us of whatever would bind us and hold us back. Sometimes sinners say, you know, I'm free to just live it up and do all these things, but yet they're bound. 
they're deceived because they're not free. Because when they wake up in the morning, they realize the, des the desperation in their heart and life. So pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, search me. Know my heart. See if there's anything in me that's offensive to you. Forgive me, Lord. I open my heart to you. Send revival that I may rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.